Hello, welcome. I'm Melanie Ivy, the host of Beautifully Made, and I am ecstatic about today's opportunity. You guys are in for a treat. Are you really prepared for what we're about to experience? This is the one and only Jennifer Carner. Hello. Welcome everybody. to the show. I'm so excited to be here, Melanie. I'm so excited that you're excited that we're going to talk together today. <laughs> Let me tell you, she is a thought leader and pastor, and she is touching lives every time she opens her mouth or walks in the room. So I cannot wait to get into this interview. Are you ready? I'm ready. The question is, are they ready? I don't know, but we about to find out. Okay, y'all ready? Get your pens and pads. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. Tell the people a little bit about you. So I am what you call the child preacher. Child um, preacher, okay. I started preaching and doing ministry at a very young age, actually at the age of nine. Wait a was minute, was when nine? I started preaching, yes. Wait, kids are playing on the playground. You, you what now? You, you preaching. preaching? Preaching, I wrote my first sermon at the age of nine. That is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So did it just start then or did it evolve to that preaching on at nine? So my parents had to tell me this story. They say that <laughs> when I was two years old, I was in the nursery and it was mm -hmm. time for me to matriculate to the children's class for okay. children's church. Okay. But I was like, no, I can't leave yet. I've got to teach the six month olds. Oh, wait, wait, you teaching? Yeah. What? Huh? Yeah. Wait, she's so. serious. So she didn't just like decide to be this. This is who you are. Yeah. From this a young age. Me. Yeah. Wow, so that fascination with teaching. Tell me a little bit about your background, your parents. Like, did you come from a church family or? Oh, yes. Really? Um, yeah, mom and dad are in ministry. My dad's a pastor. Oh, My mom's cool. a Sunday school teacher. Ah. And everybody can sing. Oh, the dog, er the cat, the fish. Listen. Everybody can sing. Have you heard her sing? Let me tell you. <laughs> you need to go back to YouTube, go to House of Hope, Atlanta. I need you to listen to this one powerful woman of God sing. And not only sing, preach heaven down. I mean, I tell you, your life gonna be changed when you connect with this lady. She's being modest, she can sing too. I can do a little something, but you know. <laughs> no, that is awesome. So singing, um, the word of God, all of that, all mixed up. Yes. That is your upbringing, it sounds like. Yes, yes. Wow. So how did your parents actually foster? No, did they notice, let me back up. Did they even notice that, yeah. man, she's preaching at two, and then she actually did her first sermon at nine. Yeah. How have they helped you evolve in that? Yes, yeah, so let me start and clarify the nine years old. So okay. I was preaching, but not my first sermon. I didn't do my oh. initial sermon. I wrote one, but I didn't do my initial okay. sermon until I was 16. Interesting. So I was in high school. Okay. Um, but when I told my dad at the age of nine, mm -hmm. who was a Baptist pastor, missionary wow. Baptist pastor, okay. that I was called to preach, he said, no. He said, not you, he said, you're a girl. Really? You're a woman, you, yeah, you're not, Preacher, what? Very interesting. And so my mom was like, ah, I think we need to watch her. I think we need to see what's here. That's good. And so he gave me a stack of books, and he said, Once you fin when you finish all these books, I want you to teach Bible study, and we're going to see if you still want to wow. be a preacher. Interesting. And so every time I would finish the books, mm -hmm. he would give me some more. Really? Read these books. Teach. And soon he just said, you know what? This is really who she is. Wow. We can't hold her back. Mm -hmm. We know that there are not a lot of women preachers in the Missionary Baptist yeah. Church, but we believe that she's really called. Wow. That's amazing. And so with each stack of books that he gave you, yeah. you know, did it just spark a fire even more in you to continue? Or? Oh, yeah. The more, the more I read, yeah. the more I, I felt more confident in teaching and preaching. Oh, that's good. Because it's one thing to teach and to preach from what you think. Hmm. And something else when you know it and when Come you on. studied it 
and you feel more confident in your craft. That's good. So it just really empowered me. And he said, That's if you're going to do this as a woman, you got to be better than the men. Mm. So that was sort of a challenge, but it, mm -hmm. it sounded like it pulled out the best in you. It did. That is all it right did. there. So how has that upbringing um, impacted you now and how you convey the word of God? So I'm probably what you call a more classical preacher. Okay. So that means I'm going to bring a lot of scholarship, a lot mm -hmm. of background about the text. I like that. Because I think the church of modernity, we have too much fluff. Mm. Um, you know you know how it is with a diet. If you no, only eat Skittles and M&Ms, what's going to happen to you? You're going to blow up. Right. <laughs> so we need some vegetables. We need yes. some meat. We need some grains. We need all of these all things of to have a fuller understanding of who God is. That's right. And what his word is saying. That's right. I love yeah. that. That's so poignant in society today as well because yeah. everything is so fast-paced. Yes. So when you think about that, I think about how everything is yesterday. Okay, well, I wanted that yesterday. Okay, it's not done yet. So the whole concept of time yes. is really prevalent on a lot of people's minds right now. But actually, it takes time. It took you time to get to this point of actually feel confident in the word yeah. to be able to expressing it and then explain it in such a way that the layman person can come in and That's understand it. it. That's it. Yeah. Um, whatever faith, whatever place you're in in your faith journey, mm -hmm. I want you to be able to understand yeah. the word that I'm giving. That's good. Um, from the person who has a, uh, an education where they have a doctorate yeah. to the person who has a high school education or a middle school education, mm -hmm. I feel like the word should be available to them mm -hmm. and it should be preached or taught in a way yeah. that they can pull something from it. I understand. love that. That is so powerful. Yeah. I think we need more people like you so do you because you have been a teacher forever it sounds like all your life you've been teaching so from that perspective is that something that you love to do which which area do you love the most like preaching teaching or is it oh my gosh. equally balanced what do you think I was afraid you were gonna ask me that <laughs> because I kind of see myself as a person who gets in where God wants them to fit in. Yeah. So sometimes I function as a teacher. Sometimes the pastoral part of me comes out. Mm -hmm. I even have an administrative gift. Oh. So I like to make sure everything is lined out because we're we're very uh, detailed and methodic about our secular lives. Yeah. But we don't want to be detailed and methodic about God's work. And we should. And we should. Because He wants everything done in decent. See, and in order. You better preach. And so from that perspective, there should be an extra pride in what yes. you do, especially if it's for him. Yes. Your life should be for him. If yes. you want to break this thing down. What? You know, so. <laughs> so it just depends on what assignment I'm in. Yeah. Because I believe in ministry, we're called to assignments. I agree. And so whatever assignment you're in, God will give you the grace mm -hmm. to operate in the area of ministry that yeah. he needs for that moment and for that season and That's for good. those people. That's good. Yeah. So you're open to the fact that he can use you in many ways. It just depends oh, yeah. on what you need. And for you to be open like that, that means you have developed a connection with him to understand what he's saying. Oh, yeah. How did you go about doing that? Because a lot of times when people grow up in the church, that doesn't mean that the church is in them. Oh, my goodness. If that makes sense. So how did you go about that? So that started in my family structure. Okay, cool. I have two older sisters. Okay. I'm the youngest. Okay. And so I'm eight years from my oldest sister and six from my middle sister. Cool. So you know you know what that kind of means. Yeah, I was does. not cool to them. No, 
at they all. They weren't taking okay. the two movies with them. They were like, she's young, she's lame, she's yeah. kind of weird, she's into Jesus. Yeah. You know, and they were in the church too, but it was just a disconnect. And so mm. what I did was I developed this inward kind of life with God. Okay. Where when I didn't have friends to hang out mm -hmm. with, I talked to God. That's cool. And so that developed like this prayer walk and this mm. devotional journey that I carried with me even wow. into adulthood. That's cool. So it's kind of like I go in and I, and I talk to God and I say, okay, God, what's the game plan? This is what we're up against. What, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And that's been my mantra and that's been the thread throughout every assignment. Everything that I've done in ministry mm -hmm. is I kind of check with God. That's so good. Because if you check with him from the beginning, you don't have to, you eliminate the opportunities for you to mess up. Absolutely. And so I had to learn that the other way. You know, <laughs> I can't say I was fortunate as you were, you know, to be able to grow up in that and have that exposure early on. Yeah. But when I finally got it, I definitely have understood now there's power in a connection with him. Yeah. And it has to be your connection. It's yeah. not like, okay, well, you know how the people walk down yes. and you know, they want to be saved, but I always am concerned about them after they go behind the closed doors. What is, who's pouring into them at that point? Yeah. A lot of times people get lost right there. Yeah. You know, when they go in the door, they're excited that particular day. I know there's some kind of teaching, especially at our church yeah. where they're connected in some kind of way, but what happens even after that? Yeah. How do you teach people to really connect with God? How, yeah. what would you give advice about how to do that? So that's discipleship. And it okay. really is something that a lot of our churches have lost in their mm. structure and in their, in the way that they do ministry. Uh, discipleship is that step-by-step -step journey. Yeah. Because a lot of times we love to see the people come down the aisle, but it never stops at the aisle. Mm -hmm. What are we doing throughout the week? What kind of programs do we have on social media mm -hmm. that remind people, if you're going to be made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, mm -hmm. that's it's a process. It is a process. And you have to work on it piece by piece, little by little, every day, That's step it. by step. Mm -hmm. So our churches have to be willing to do discipleship. And that is walking the journey, no matter how far along they are. Mm -hmm. They may still cuss a little bit. Listen. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm human. Because we're all human. <laughs> yes. And so that transparency has to be there Absolutely. with discipleship. We have to be willing to tell our stories. That's it and let people know salvation is not a destination. No. It's, it's a not. process. It is. You know? That's so good. The whole point about telling our stories, I think more people should do that. Yeah. I think if people can see people they think are a certain way, a lot of people don't understand that because you're in leadership or you're in the front, yeah. that you don't struggle like everybody oh, else gosh. does. I mean, that's so not true. Yeah. You know, it's we're doing the same things that Absolutely. everybody else is going through. Absolutely. So how important in your ministry in particular, are you able to convey that with the people that you encounter, the people that you touch, that it's okay to be human. You don't have to be a certain way, but the goal is to have a relationship with God. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I try to do is let people know I have a life outside of the church. Mm -hmm. Tell them. Uh, so, Tell the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I'm, whenever I'm training younger ministers or younger women mm -hmm. in ministry, I tell them, you don't have to be married to the church. The church mm -hmm. is married to Christ. Yes. So, <laughs> say it one more time. <laughs> you don't have to be married to the church. The church is Christ's bride. It's married to Christ. She's married to Christ. And so you don't have to be at the church from sun up to sundown 
Mm -hmm. Find a schedule that works where you get your work done within the workday and at five o'clock, go to Bar Taco. That's my spot. That's your spot? Yes, go to Bar Taco. <laughs> I'm not saying sit at the bar and drink all night, but I'm saying right. go to Bar Taco, get you a couple of tacos, yeah. drink some ginger ale. Whatever it is. You know, whatever it is that you like to do. I play tennis. Oh, cool. Um, I like to ride motorcycles. Oh, uh, yeah, I love these, it. These are all things that I like to do That's cool. to keep my personal life vibrant. Yes. So that there's balance because yeah. if you want to do meaningful ministry, mm -hmm. You have to have balance. That's it. I think that's why we see a lot of duplicity and a lot of double living yes, happening. That's good. Alter egos. That's good. Is because we're not blending both lives and making them congruent. Mm -hmm. I think there's a opportunity for the church to do more of that because I can say from my upbringing in church, that wasn't something preached. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something encouraged yeah. that there's a balance. It was either one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I love the fact that you are modern and yes. you're real realistic about the reality of us living in a world, even though we, we're in the world, we're not of the world, and so we're a represent, representation of Christ, but that doesn't mean we don't have lives. Absolutely. <laughs> and if and what I learned in ministry, and this happened for me maybe five years ago, so mm -hmm. just know this is a new development. Okay. One thing that I've learned, because I'm a recovering workaholic, <laughs> um, one thing that, I, that I've learned is when your inner self is healthy, yes. you can produce better ministry. Yes. When you're not healthy internally, when you're depressed, mm -hmm. when you're not eating right, mm -hmm. when you're not exercising, all of those things, that makes it hard for your sermons to come across mm. with the anointing, the power, mm -hmm. and the intensity mm -hmm. that it could. That's so good. Yeah. That's that's actually understanding that your body is, is the temple of God. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. So that's your mind, that's your body, that's your health, that's everything. And yeah. I think that's powerful. It's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected. It was until, so I got a quick story. Okay, tell me about it. I was <laughs> preaching, I, I'll never forget this. I was preaching in Augusta and um, I looked on the screen and I had been eating a couple of, you know, chicken wings and all oh, kind of stuff. Okay. And um, a lot of fries, cause I was I on the go. Fries. Don't you love fries? I do. And I looked <laughs> up on the screen and I filled up the whole screen. What? Yeah, me. In the screen, I was big. You're kidding? Yep, big girl. Really? Yep. And there's nothing wrong with being big. I don't think I mean, so either. Beautiful and Curvy. big. But I was beautiful, big, and unhealthy. Mmm. And so I got a trainer. Okay. He got me on some really good diet plans. Okay. It got me on a meal plan. That's good. I lost 30 pounds. That is awesome. In three months. Come on, congratulations. What? And I hooped better. Oh, Those of us that hoop. hoop. <laughs> I hooped better. I have more stamina. That's I have awesome. more energy. Because sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm tired after 20 minutes. I believe it. But when I'm working out and I'm healthy physically, mm -hmm. I can be more available to God for yes. him to do what he wants to do. Oh, my goodness. Did you hear that? That's my testimony. I have to be more available. If you understand the power in that. Yeah. That you have to take care of what he's giving you. The spirit is within the body. Yeah. And so we got to take care of the body to be able to produce what he's given yes, us to produce. And I think that's powerful that you yes. you got it. Yes. And you're using it. Yes. So how how have you seen that beneficial for all the things that he's given you to do? Because you have a lot on your plate. You are an executive pastor, ma'am. <laughs> it, it taught me discipline. I okay. mean, even now... I do three days of cardio. Very good. And I'm still very strict about my diet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not fully vegetarian or vegan. Mm -mm. I do eat fish. I love fish. Um, yeah. So, I can't give that up. Sorry. Not yet. Yeah, I'm going to talk to the Lord about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
but I've just seen it develop more discipline okay. in other areas of my life. The same way I schedule out my meals, I yeah. do meal prep at night. Very good. Is the same way I have to schedule out my week. That's so good. I plan for meetings on one day of the week. That's good. I do just sermon writing, sermon prep mm -hmm. one day of the week. Mm -hmm. And then there's another day of the week that I return calls. Okay. Make sure I get back with everybody. Make sure all my emails are up to date. My voicemail has been checked. I like that. So um, my life is mainly run by reminders. Yes, I'm the list. reminder queen myself. Yes, Lord. And I have to do it as soon as you tell me. Okay, yeah. what did you say now? Let me put this in my phone. My phone is my life right now. Yes. Because the um, Outlook calendar. Hallelujah for Outlook. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Outlook. Yes. I got to have it. Yes. Otherwise, I don't think I, I fall apart. Yeah. But then my profession is project management. So nice. I... Oh, have to, to stay. Talk. Yeah, I'm really yeah. serious about that. I'm very organized about yeah. everything. I keep things uh, tight. Mm -hmm. You saw the schedule. Yes. I don't be planning. Uh -uh. Yes. It's got to be right. So yeah. I think that's powerful because there's that's that order again. That's yeah. that decency. Yeah. So because you had that upbringing, I don't know if you you can relate to this, but I'm gonna ask you. Let's go. Let's see. Let's go. Have you ever had a moment where you didn't feel confident at all? Absolutely. Really? Yes. So you gotta tell me. I could not sing. Growing up. What? I don't even believe it. I couldn't sing. What do you and mean you can't sing? I could not sing my way out of a paper bag. It was bad. <laughs> because I had like bronchitis. What? Yeah, so my voice was real raspy and hoarse. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And and I couldn't sing. And so in my vocal, I went to like a vocal camp because okay. my parents were like, she wants to sing. <laughs> so let's put her in a camp. Let's see if they can make her sing better. Okay, her. okay. And they thought I had vocal nodules because I couldn't get above middle C. Really? Yeah, I had this deep, deep voice. Wow. And so in uh, elementary school, true story, they put me out of the chorus. No, yeah, they Jennifer. Were like, yeah, they were like, you can't be in the chorus. Your no. voice is too heavy. You're not blending. You got to go. Your voice is just something <laughs> wrong with it. And so that really made me insecure about my voice. I know, it would have made me insecure. Yeah, because I'm a little girl with a little tenor bass voice. Oh, you my know? goodness. <laughs> gotta... They're thinking it's a little dude. It's right. coming out of you. Yeah. And wow. so what God, but here's the beauty of what God does with okay. our gifts. Hmm. I got put out because I couldn't sing. Uh-huh. So she said, well, since you're going to be here, because I kept coming to practice. Come on. She said, since you're going to sit here, I want you to read the orations. Look at that. And the meaning of the songs. Oh, my goodness. So that's when the oratorical gift began to mm. develop. And I started to learn how to speak and pronounce Very my cool. words well. Um, because I couldn't sing, but I can talk. So I'm going to do this. Something? And that's how I overcame my low self-esteem wow. as it pertained to my voice. That is so interesting. I would have never guessed it. Oh, they put me out. <laughs> All the way out the course. Said, no, not you. Did they walk you out? Did they like she, just say she, she just can't come out. in? Really? She said, you can't sing with us. Oh. Can't sing with us. I'm so, so glad you did not like take that and say, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Because your voice is so powerful oh, now. You. you gotta. We need it. To God be all you way. have to have your voice. And you would never know that you had a low range with the way you sing way in the Raptors. Because we've been thinking, okay. So, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> when we're at church, you know, and if you're if you're preaching, yeah. we would think, okay, she's gonna take us high. We'll just prepare your mind. We're gonna have to <laughs> we're going higher, okay? Get your vocal cords ready, eat some breakfast, do what you need to do. Lord because we're getting ready to be stretched on today. Lord so that's mercy. funny to hear you say now that yeah. that's an interesting story. Yeah. So was that the only thing that you say, man, that was that was something I had to overcome. What is the most poignant thing that has happened to you to say, you know what? I'm going I love myself regardless of what other people say. Whatever happened to me, this is a 
moment that, you know, it didn't feel good, but I'm gonna turn this around. So we're gonna talk about hair. Oh my you know goodness. I love hair. We love hair. <laughs> um, in high school, I contracted um, a disease called Peteris rosea. Mm. And it's a very rare condition. Okay. It's kind of like eczema, but it makes your skin look like it's molding. And they really didn't know how I got it, how I picked what? it up. But as it went up, as it traveled up my neck into yeah. my hair, it started to cause like the hair follicles to kind of weaken. Oh, man. And so I had to get all my hair cut off in high school. And what? that wasn't this that was wasn't cool the natural movement. Like, right. It's cool clear. now. It's cute. Natural movement, big chop is is a thing now. Yes. But back then it was not a thing. It wasn't even a name. Not a thing. Oh. And man. so that was very hard for mm. me. But I started getting involved in the Black History and Culture Club. Okay. So I started wearing these Erica Badu kind of wraps. Okay. And I started this whole fashion trend at my high school where That's girls so cool. who had long hair started wearing these African wraps. And that was my way of empowering myself and mm. showing and teaching myself, hey, you're, be you're, only, you're only as beautiful as you feel and That's as you believe so you true. are. That's it. Um, your hair, none of, you are not your hair. Come on, not my hair. hair. Yes. I, and so <laughs> I, I instilled that in me and I saw it empowering other women. Yeah. And it became a badge of pride. That's so As good. opposed to something that initially I was like, mama, mm -hmm. I don't want to go back to school. Oh my goodness. I would have been traumatized. Yeah. Initially. And, and it did go away eventually. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love how you turn everything into the positive. Yeah. Is that because of, of your foundation? Where does that come from that you're able to do that so quickly? I, I am resilient. Mm -hmm. um, I think it comes from my dad. I have okay. a lot of my dad's characteristics. Really? If you ever met my dad, he is a mess. Like he's, he's so much fun <laughs> to be around. That's cool. But dad is like audacious. Mm. He's a civil rights activist oh, wow. in Macon. And so he just like, he lives out loud. Oh, and I think awesome. I got that from him. He's just kind of like, he's always, you know, pushing me saying, keep going. You're, you're the only woman at a lot of these tables, but guess what? You're prepared. God has anointed you. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, you can rise above it. Oh yeah. And keep moving. You know what? To that degree, that's exciting. How close, sounds like you're a daddy's girl, is that true? Well, really I'm both. Okay, so you're equal. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Cause mom reads over the sermon manuscript. Okay, so she got you. Yeah, she's okay. the more, you know, English person, the grammarian. Ah. The English That's my proof, mom too. proofreader, yeah. Yeah. And dad is more so, you you gonna yank it? <laughs> I need you to holler. <laughs> That's oh my daddy. God. He's like the coach. He's like, I need you to holler one time. <laughs> so That's it's, awesome. both, it's both of them. That's really cool. Yeah. What is the most, um, there's so many questions that have come to mind. Come on. Let's see. What is the most poignant moment for you where you've made the most impact with young people? Oh man, um, I've done a lot of youth conferences over the years. Okay. But there was one specifically that I did where when we did the invitation to discipleship, the, the mm. altar was flooded really? over like 300 kids or the altar. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that was years ago. And when I talked to them afterward, we all talked afterwards and I asked them, you know, what was it that impacted you? What did you enjoy mm. the most? They said, we felt like we could relate to you. Wow. Because I preached a sermon about confidence. That's I preached good. a sermon about low self-esteem, talked about Joshua. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like, you know, we feel like you, you get us. Mm -hmm. That sometimes we do feel awkward. Sometimes we do feel like we don't have what it takes, just mm -hmm. like Joshua. So thank you for that. That's so good. So I find that with this generation, mm -hmm. the more transparent you are, mm -hmm. The more honest you are, the more authentic you are, the more they'll gravitate toward your ministry. Yes, that's so good. Yeah. We need more of that. 
I think people need, that's a connection, you know, yeah. just like how we have to develop a relationship with God. That's a daily thing. Yeah. You have to work at it, that kind yeah. of thing. You know, I think it's the same way with being transparent with people because people Absolutely. have real issues. Oh yeah. People go through real stuff. And sometimes when you're in that limelight, they feel like they can't connect because they feel like, okay, man, they're up there. So surely they don't have any issues. And I love how you're able to connect with the young people. What is your, what group do you like to um, inspire the most? Women, children? Oh gosh. What's your like thing you that like, gets me. you excited? You would ask me that. <laughs> I mean, my answer is still the same from the beginning. It's really about the assignment. Okay. I get in wherever I fit in. Cause okay. I've taught, I taught a Bible study in Florida that was just for senior adults. Oh wow. Yeah. And our noonday crowd is, is a more it mature is senior crowd. Adults. Yeah. So, and I love them. They are so funny. They are funny. Let me tell you, oh I enjoy gosh. when we have mass choir. Yes. And then I get to sit and talk with them. They are Hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so it really depends, but I can say where I see the oil really flow mm -hmm. a lot more now is with women. Yes. Um, because I've had a lot of hard things to happen in my life, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to relationships. Oh my goodness. Listen. Because when you talk about being a woman of God, the man who links up with you mm -hmm. as a, as a female pastor mm -hmm. has to understand the weight of the call. That's so true. And so the journey that I've been on and finding companionship, finding people who can be on my team, mm -hmm. who are rooting for my rise. Right. All of that, mm -hmm. I love to share with other women to let them know you can be a woman of God, a yes. woman of integrity, a woman of character, yes. and still be mad cool and be and dope. And fly. And dope and fly. Yes. All of that. You can do all of that, yes. but still love God with all your heart. That's so good. Yeah. That's the reality. And I love the fact that you are representing that every day. Yeah. Well, and I'm you. trying to do the same thing. You are. Every you are doing day. a good job, ma'am. Thank you. You're representing the kingdom. I'm trying. I see. It's all I got. I follow you now. Oh, do you, girl? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm excited. So you have a, what? Tell me about some things that you have coming up. Oh, you ain't ready. I'm for ready because I see these new so, pictures. The uh -huh. pink pulpiteer. Come on. It's a movement that I'm creating and starting this year. Okay. It has to do with empowering women specifically in ministry. Mm. Because being a child preacher, one thing that I feel really sad about mm -hmm. is that I didn't have a lot of women who came alongside me gotcha. to mentor me and mm -hmm. to shape me. Mm -hmm. Most of my mentors were male. Yeah. And so what I want to do with this next generation mm. of young female preachers, mm -hmm. 15, ages 15 to 25. I love it. That's our target age. Okay. Is I want to teach them the things that I wish somebody would have taught me. That's good. What to wear to the youth revival. Yes. What to wear when they invite you to preach on Sunday morning. Because mm. that's different. That is different. From youth revival. That's true. All right. That's true. What kind of makeup should you be wearing? How do you care for your hair mm -hmm. when you're on the road and I you're preaching this. five times a month? Yeah. You know, how do you make it so that you're not spending all your honorarium on your clothes and your hair? Right. And Come then on, there are ways. Yeah. And then how do you negotiate your honorarium? Mm -hmm. One thing that I learned in college was that a lot of my male counterparts were being paid $2,000 for engagements and I was being paid 200. Oh no, that's got to change. So how do we, how do we make this, this wage gap between men and women mm -hmm. in ministry smaller? I love that. You know, how do, how can I teach these women to plan for their futures? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be able to retire yes. at like 60 Come on, I retirement. Do. and be able to live well. And then how do you plan for that? And you yeah. want to teach them. I want to teach the next generation of women preachers so how to good. do that. I'm excited for you. Yeah. 
any way I can support you, let me know. You know I will. Because that is, that's needed. And that's yeah. a huge gap you're going to fill. And then to have a safe space that you're going to create. Yes. For them to be able to ask those kind of questions. Yes. That's going to be phenomenal. Yes. I can't wait. But that's not it. Oh, come on, So boy. we're going we're gonna to do something for the young women, but then we want to do yeah. something for the older women too. Okay. Because there are a lot of women in ministry who feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women who have the gift of a senior pastor mm. or the gifts of an executive pastor, but they're still just Sunday school teacher. Oh, wow. Or, or, or Christian education director, not that mm -hmm. there's anything wrong with that, mm -hmm. but if God has more for you, what are the steps? How do you build your resume That's it. to get there? Yeah. And so I'm helping older women in ministry not feel stuck. I love Providing it. them with resources, providing them with curricula that yeah. I've used. That's good. Um, providing them with, with resume building, skills, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, mm -hmm. Theology in 30 is something that I'm starting where I'm going to be love vlogging. Yes. You vlogging? I'm going to be vlogging. Come on, vlogging. Video, video. I'm very proud um, of you. Yes, because a lot of pastors don't have time to read your no. Bonhoeffer, mm -mm. your Tillich, your Bart, yeah. um, your Karen Baker Fletcher. I can keep going with all the theologians <laughs> that I read. They don't have time to do that. Yeah. And so I want to I wanna introduce a vlog that will give them enough theology in 30 seconds mm. to build a sermon introduction or a close or just to infuse them with more um, information that they can use in sermon creation and having a more it. scholarly and academic presentation. So. Oh, Miss Jennifer, listen, we gotta do a part two. Let's go. We gotta keep digging. Yes. You know, but you guys have to tune in for that. It's coming. Lips, I enjoyed this so enjoyed much. I can't believe the time is over. I know, I know, you're phenomenal. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, wait, you gotta tell the people how they can connect with you. They have to connect with you. Absolutely. I'm sure that you can, um, you're ready now to teach some things and come preach and sing. Listen, how do we connect with you? So you can follow me on Instagram at thecarnerjlc or visit my website at jennifercarnerministries.org. Thank you again, again. This was great. I'm honored to be here. Oh my goodness. And thank you for being here. Remember, beauty begins the moment you decide to be your authentic self. I'm Melanie Ivy, your host. See you next time. Mm -hmm.